everyone. I'm Dina. And I'm Charlotte. Welcome to the Grim Curriculum Extra Credit. Charlotte, how the heck are you? I'm pretty dandy, although not a lot's changed since we got together, what, I don't know, five hours ago or so? Right? I feel like I just saw you. (laughs) Yeah, we had a grim business meeting, so to speak. You've probably seen me post about it over on our social media and everything by now. But yeah, exciting things are in motion. Shall we make an official announcement? For those who are in the know, that know to listen to extra credit, that's your reward for listening to the shows. You get to find out stuff before anybody else. Yeah, I think we should. Why the hell not? We solidified certain things today, so I feel pretty comfortable talking about it. All right, go for it. Let's hear it. We've been working on this for a little while with some friends of ours over at Felice Cafe here in Edmonton, and they have a really cool... Um, sort of after dark program going on where they invite people to come do their thing. And so we've been invited to do a live show. Oh my God. I'm so freaking excited. Holy shit. Who would have thought you guys? We, you know what? It's amazing because I feel like when you and I had that very, very first talk about this, we talked about what we would like to kind of see happen. And we both talked about wanting to do live shows one day. So the fact that we're setting this up and getting ready to go, it just, oh, it makes me so happy. You know, there's a lot of other podcasts out there that have really inspired us. And it's always so cool listening to their live show episodes and like wishing I was there in person to see them speak. And the fact that we're able to, I don't know, take that next step and kind of start working on stuff like that is really freaking cool. Yeah, the show is going to be taking place on December the 9th, and we'll announce more details as time goes on. It's going to be for charity, and it's going to be amazing. I'm freaking stoked. Yeah, so if you're local to the area or don't mind uh, traveling to Edmonton, stay tuned because we will have details, or I should say more details, really, really soon. Yeah, we can't wait. All yeah, right. keep your eyes peeled. <sighs> Let's get into this. Slightly different format of episode today. We're kind of going to cover one topic in particular rather than kind of going back and forth with different stories. Don't worry, I still have a strange death for you to end the show off. So we're still doing that. Yes, that will be consistent no matter what because the list is long. (laughs) Right? It's hard to be on the internet right now and not have this name come up. So we decided to do an extra credit episode just for her, the lucky lady, Ruby Frankie. If you aren't familiar with this name, you might be familiar with her YouTube channel. It's called Eight Passengers because it's based around the life, uh, the everyday lives of her, her husband and their six children. All right. So why are we talking about her, though? Because we don't normally talk about this kind of thing on either of the shows. On August 30th, she was arrested and charged with six counts of aggravated child abuse. And what's worse is this all came out when her 12-year-old son, who had open wounds and duct tape around his mouth, he had duct tape around his feet and his ankles, he climbed through a window and asked a neighbor for food and for water. The neighbor then, of course, called 911. And 
If you have a chance to listen to the audio of that 911 call, you can tell this poor man, this neighbor who is calling 911, it sounds like he's almost in tears because of this. He says, you know, I have a 12-year-old boy here. He is emaciated. Like Dina said, he has duct tape around his wrists and his ankles. He's got open wounds. And he's like, I need a first responder here, the police here right now, as soon as possible, please. And it's quite heartbreaking. This all reminds me so much about a family I want to talk about on the show at one point, the Turpin family. They were a family that had a bunch of kids and it turned out that they were all being horrifically abused when one of the children escaped and was able to steal a cell phone and call 911. I I don't know what possesses people to do this. If you can't give your children the best of yourself, then you don't deserve to have kids. Like, oh, it's crazy. Now, what makes this different is that Ruby Frankie heavily monetized her children before all of this happened. So in early 2015, she created the YouTube channel called Eight Passengers, and they talked about their family life in Utah with their six kids. They talked about parenting, homeschooling. They are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So they talked a lot about that as well. And I want to point something out that made me... I don't want to say laugh. Actually, okay, I laughed. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't necessarily realize who she was. But there is a content creator that pops up on my feed all the time who does like a parody of a Utah influencer mom who always screams at her children. Oh, my God. Interesting. No, and it's 100% Ruby Frankie that she's parodying because it's... I honestly suggest you guys watch some of her videos. She is so fake. It is horrifying. It's it's bizarre. I've seen quite a few clips, obviously, doing research for this. And it's truly bizarre, you guys. The way she treats her kids and then speaks about what she's doing. And it is abusive. Like, make no mistake. Like, it's perfectly normal. And she is so baffled when people call her out on it. It's crazy. Right? And she started her whole kind of content creator career posting five days a week. And she'd post at six in the morning, the morning routine. By June of 2020, her channel had almost 2.5 million subscribers and had over 1 billion views crazy and i don't see the appeal of watching someone else's family do family stuff no and in one of the clips of her that i saw she basically says i've never missed a day of vlogging i can't imagine missing a day of vlogging it's as natural to me as like eating breakfast kind of thing she's like i just do it and that borderlines on pretty creepy it does and i say that as someone who used to be a content creator for a living i can't imagine having it that ingrained in you where it's that much of your identity because at that point like you've been swallowed up by the monster girl like you're done like get out (laughs) 
So this all kind of started in 2020 when one of her sons was on video and he was talking about how he had lost his bed and he had been made to sleep on a beanbag for seven months as a punishment. And he when in the video, he's very kind of like cavalier about it. Like, haha, it's kind of funny. Dude, do you know that's fucked up? Because that's fucked up. Well, the reason why his bed was taken away for seven months was because he woke up one of his little brothers and told him that they were going to Disneyland. And the little brother jumped up and got ready and was very excited. And then he was like, haha, we're not going. And then the kids started crying. And then he lost his bed for seven months. That's a pretty mean joke for sure. But like, I don't think the punishment fits the crime here at all. No, not at all. And I mean, speaking of her other punishments, she is a firm believer in withholding food. That's a big thing that she was doing. Which, oh my God. Like, holy crap. And I'm talking multiple meals, not just like, oh, you don't get breakfast. It's like, you don't get to eat until you do this list of chores. And then you get to eat whenever the hell that is. Yeah. And there's a clip of her in her vehicle and she's clearly just dropped the kids off at school for the day and she's explaining how their youngest daughter who i think was six at the time she said well she's not getting a lunch today because she was supposed to pack her own lunch and she didn't she's six years old and even the teacher was like i feel really uncomfortable about this and ruby frankie's just like ah yeah she'll get over it She's quoted as saying, hopefully nobody gives her food and nobody steps in and gives her lunch because she's not going to learn from the natural outcome. She's like, six. How are you saying this? How are you admitting this? There's people out there that wouldn't submit to CIA torture and say that. <laughs> right? And the thing is, we have to remember, this is on camera. What the fuck was happening off camera? Many, many people were commenting being like, this is monstrous, you're evil, you're going to hell. And she's like, I'm right, I'm doubling down. No, this is how I'm choosing to raise my kids. Her favorite thing to say was that it was being taken out of context. And some more of the punishments were threatening to behead one of their favorite toys. Telling two of the kids that Santa wasn't going to come for Christmas because they were too numb to respond to any of the other punishments. So that's the punishment that they were going to get. And on top of that, they sent one of their kids to a wilderness camp for troubled teens. And they talk about why this camp is a good thing. And they say how like he's not going to get anything for supplies he doesn't get to sleep in a bed he gets to sleep in whatever he builds out there and that's what he gets and they have to learn to survive and if they can survive out there they can survive anywhere else i've heard a lot about these types of camps and it's fucking brutal they should be illegal i don't know how anybody gets away with that shit it's giving dr phil If you want your kids to grow up, first of all, fucked up and traumatized and never talk to you ever fucking again, this is what you do to them. If they make it to adulthood. This is how you get serial killers, kids. That too. Like, seriously, I hate to say that, but you, this is the kind of abuse that, this is today's version of the kind of abuse that we talk about on our show. Honestly, it's like that kid is probably going to have to be in therapy for the rest of their lives, if not a huge portion of their lives. Right? 
people did start to realize, hey, this is wrong. This isn't okay. By 2021, people started to realize that this just wasn't okay. And so less and less people were watching. And the channel was removed at some point this year. She started doing content creations with someone named Jody Hildebrandt in early 2020. They were working as mental health coaches. So in 2022, they started an Instagram account called Moms of Truth and they had parenting classes, which I feel like this isn't someone you want to get parenting advice from. No, and from what I understand, neither of them particularly have any qualifications for this kind of mentorship kind of behavior. You know what I mean? I don't think either one of them are licensed therapists or counselors or anything of the sort. Right? I mean, they're really not qualified for any of this at all. And it's messed up because, again, they're giving really controversial parenting advice. So they were getting criticism kind of straight off the bat. They were downplaying things about, you know, things as serious as sexual assault or eating disorders and all sorts of things. They were saying really offhanded stuff about politics and just literally everything that they were saying was like red flag shit. One of the big things that stuck out to me was I saw clips of both of them, both Ruby Frankie and Hildebrandt, basically being like, your kids have no right to privacy. If you need to take the doors off their rooms, like you do that, you snoop through all their shit. Again, if you want to have your kids never speak to you as adults, that is the fucking way to do it. Oh my God, seriously. One of the other clips that stood out to me was one that Ruby Frankie had made that she posted on YouTube where she talks to her kids and they're kind of there and she's talking to the camera and the kids saying like, nothing in this house belongs to you. Everything Mm -hmm. in this house belongs to me. And you just have the privilege of using it. You do not have a cell phone. You have access to a cell phone. It's so dehumanizing the way that she's talking to these kids. You're my pets and you will bend to my will kind of thing. And it's like, you can't do that. They're little human beings. You need to be shaping them into good little human beings. And you're not doing that. And the thing, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but She's making money off of her parenting during all of this time. And that just makes it even worse to me. It's not like she's just a bad mom. She's making money being a bad mom. There's still a lot of sort of weirdness around this concept of filming your kids and putting your kids on social media. And do they consent to this? Because when they're 18, they might have very different feelings about their own autonomy, you know, and to make money off your kids. Well, does that then step into child labor laws? Because technically they're working for you also. We're going to see a really big shift, or at least I hope we are, in laws like that in the future. And we're going to start seeing kids who have spent their entire lives, literally their entire lives, on social media. From the time that they were born, their mom posted a picture of them, you know, after they were born to the rest of their lives. Like, that just kind of blows my mind in a way. All privacy is gone, in a sense. And not to say that you shouldn't, you know, share pictures of your kids on Facebook with your friends and stuff like that. But just know that maybe your kids might not appreciate certain pictures of them as they get older being just out there on the internet. I look at some of the embarrassing photos of me that we have (laughs) in the family albums and all of that. And I am (laughs) so thankful that I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. Yeah, I, uh, I feel that for sure. 
All right. So what ended up happening was on the 30th of August, Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt, they were arrested in Utah and they were charged on September 1st. Uh, both of them, it was six counts of aggravated child abuse, which is a felony. Once the 12 year old son, and I do want to point out, we're not using any of the kids' names. The kids' names are already all over the internet. They don't need to be said more. I agree. You know, it's it's just unnecessary. So the 12-year-old son, when the guy found him and called 911, emergency services found another 10-year-old in the house who was also malnourished. Both of the kids were taken to the hospital and they were both treated for severe malnourishment and deep lacerations from being tied up with rope. What the fuck? They uh, searched the house and they found evidence consistent with the marking on the 12-year-old. They also took a boy and a girl and two more of the kids into care. They were both being held without bail. And apparently they're not having a great time in jail. I do want to point that out, which kind of gives a little bit of justice here. I just, I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen here. We're going to keep you guys all posted. Ruby Frankie has been banned from YouTube. Good, all, as all she of the channels be. linked to her have been deleted. Good. So, yes, I completely agree. But what is the response from her family? Because my first question is, how did no one know? Yeah, and my first question was, um, hello, husband, what's happening here? And the response to that is very interesting because he has <sighs> lawyered up. Oh, yeah. Um, he apparently had not been living with Ruby and the rest of the family for quite some time, uh, just over a year, which is interesting. He also hadn't been seeing the kids. That was something that was interesting to me because I watched an interview with him and he was like, yeah, no, I wasn't seeing the kids because Ruby thought it was better if I wasn't seeing them because she, she didn't want them to be like upset or their like lives to be disrupted or something like that, which... To me, that seems like she was further isolating the children, which is never a good sign. I saw an interview with his lawyer and his lawyer said that for all intents and purposes, he was really hoping to mend his family and move back in and that everything would be okay. Like we said, we're going to keep you posted about updates with this case because this is very much unfolding. But one of the things that was interesting to me was that the oldest child of the Frankie family who no longer lives with them posted an Instagram story that night saying that it had been a big day. And it said, me and my family are so glad justice is being served. We've been trying to tell the police and CPS for years about this and so glad they finally decided to step up. And she said, the kids are safe but there's a long road ahead she had not been living with them for reasons that she stated were pretty obvious and also her aunts ruby's sisters had very interesting responses too yeah so all three of them are family influencers so she has three sisters all three of them so all four sisters do the same thing which is interesting but perhaps that's the thing to do when you're a mom of a big family in utah i guess they shared a joint Instagram post saying that the arrest needed to happen. And here's what one of them said. For the past three years, we have kept quiet on the subject of our sister, Ruby Frankie, for the sake of her children. Behind the public scene, we have done everything we could to try and make sure the kids were safe. In the video responses from the sisters, they basically say that they wanted to step in, but they had no legal right to. And because Ruby had cut contact with everybody pretty suddenly, 
quite some time prior. They were like not really sure what to do and kind of didn't realize how bad it had gotten until the oldest child got out and they reconnected. We do know a lot of the time, most of the time, abusers are going to be able to mask how terrifying they are to the right people. You know, Child Protective Services had been called many times and had walked through the house a couple of times and hadn't found really anything wrong. That doesn't shock me. It's terrible to say that. And the first reaction is probably to be shocked and angry that they didn't find anything wrong. But we hear it again and again. You have people who are overworked and underpaid doing these jobs and they get into these situations where they have to finish this job quickly and you have this mom who's perfected hiding who she is. I'm pretty sure she knows what right from wrong is. One of the interesting takes on it I saw was could she if you know this is going to go to court because she has been charged and arrested how that would play out like would she be able to claim an insanity plea because The way she just so blatantly talks about these abusive actions might indicate that she truly doesn't realize what she's doing is wrong. I want to know more about her upbringing. Yeah, because something happened there. Um, The viewpoint from her sisters seems like everything was kind of normal and then suddenly something changed completely. They didn't agree with her. They like like we said, they were cut off. Mm-hmm. One of the sisters says, I don't agree with how extreme they are on everything. I knew they were weird. I knew they were off. Those are the things that we kept quiet about because what was I going to say? I was not going to come out and publicly say I don't like my sister and I don't like what she's doing and I think she's weird. That's what I kept quiet about. Yeah. And then it wasn't until that eldest daughter reached out and they reconnected that they were like, oh, shit, we need to do something about this because it is way worse than we could have ever imagined. The interesting thing to me is that they are straight up blaming the husband. They're saying that, you know what, it was his job to check in on things and he didn't. You know, it's an interesting take. He claims that that's what they wanted. But wouldn't you fight just a little bit more as their father? I mean, I'm not in his position, so perhaps I should just keep my mouth shut. But that just seems a little odd to me. Well, I don't want to speculate, but you see him in the videos and he seems just as much a part of it. I feel like it doesn't, she doesn't just kick you out of the house and then immediately go on an abusive rampage. This sort of thing starts small and then escalates, right? He would have seen these signs. Neighbors definitely saw signs. They are talking about yeah. how they lived. There's, there's one particular neighbor. They lived near the family for about five years. And they said that there were things because they lived in a really good neighborhood. They made good money off of this, right? I was going to say, I saw the house that the of the neighbor who the 12 year old was able to escape to. They're nice houses. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. They contacted authorities numerous times. So it was the neighbors calling CPS. It was the, you know, relatives calling CPS. So things were happening. Yeah. If your neighbors are noticing, then your fucking husband should be noticing. And now you guys are probably wondering, like, how does Jody Hildebrandt play into this? Yeah, she's kind of a a weird character that kind of comes in. Jody Hildebrandt has a niece, Jesse Hildebrandt, and I do want to clarify they use they them pronouns, so that's how we're going to be addressing them. They are saying that the aunt Jody was abusing them while they lived together for about a year and that the abuse it happened about 10 years ago, but it was very similar to what was happening to the Frankie kids. 
In the quote, they say, the things I experienced while living with Jody, I experienced being tied, I experienced being duct taped, I experienced being blindfolded, I experienced severe isolation, I experienced Jeez. severe emotional, spiritual, and psychological abuse. I experienced being told I shouldn't be around other people, being told that I was dangerous to be around. People were afraid of me to the point where I was afraid of myself. Holy shit. That's abuse and brainwashing. You know, you're not teaching a person, you're breaking them. Well, they're saying that the isolation would happen for up to 12 hours a day. Just a kid. Yeah. It's it's heartbreaking. And that they were forced to sleep outside in the snow. Oh my god. All of this is this is bad and it's it's going to come out in court and this story as it unfolds I genuinely hope that we see justice here. I think that I'm being hopeful in this case. I really am because this is so public already. Well, I saw a clip of an interview with a lawyer who was sort of giving his expertise on the case and he was asked if they were able to be punished to the full extent of the law, you know, they were completely found guilty in this hypothetical situation because it is felony child abuse, that they would be at most charged 15 years for each charge. And in this case, there are six. So wow. yeah, they wouldn't be getting out anytime soon. Let's put it that way. Ruby Frankie is in her 40s, I believe. Jody Hildebrandt is in her 50s. So... Even 30 years is yeah. significant for these women. Yeah, it will be. If if that's the way this plays out, it will be life for yeah. sure. And, and as it should be. Yeah, I hope that they don't get to skirt through this through some bullshit, whatever, you know, insanity plea or whatever you want to call it. I, I'm very curious to see how this plays out. And we're going to keep all of you posted. Like I said a little bit ago, they're not having a great time in jail. Uh, Good. Right. And I hope, <laughs> I hope the kids get all the help and love that they deserve and that they have been missing all this time. I really do, because going back to the Turpin family, oh, what yeah. happened in that case was the kids were all taken yep. and the majority of them were put into foster care, even though they had siblings that were, you know, of age that would take them. They were put into foster care. And That's then so they, cruel. And then they experienced more abuse while in foster care. Yeah, because we've all heard horror stories about the foster care system, whether it's in Canada or the States or the UK, probably most countries, the foster care system is not most of the time a nice place to be it really isn't i i truly wish the best for them and i hope like you said that they get the help that they need ruby frankie was moved into a medical observation block for a little while jody apparently had some kind of life-threatening medical issue and was hospitalized for a few days i would imagine if they were truly as delusional as they seem to be that the shock of being held accountable for their actions would have been quite difficult on their mental and physical health. It is. And you saying that actually reminded me of something is I have seen a few interviews of Ruby Frankie since where I'm not sure quite where she's going with this. So I don't have a lot to go off of. But she's saying that a lot of the strictness that happened within the house was because one of the kids was sexually abusing another kid. I also heard that. And 
the lawyer take on it that I saw was if this is not well for two things. If this is true, it doesn't help her case because she should have reported it long, long ago. If it's not true, how fucking dare you, you crazy bitch? How dare you try to put this on one of the children you have abused? She just, I'm not even surprised at this point because... I think she's grasping at straws. Yeah, 100%. We're going to see what happens, I guess. I know I keep saying that. Again, we this is why I like covering cases with a beginning, middle, and end. I think the people that are doing the investigation here are going to have many, many, many hours of YouTube footage to comb through. And there is a lot of it, so they're going to have their work cut out for them. I couldn't agree more. It's going to be a rough, rough trial, but we will see, dear friends. That's what's going on with Ruby Frankie. We don't normally cover stuff that's happening like right here and now, but it's everywhere. We wanted to talk about it because holy shit. Yeah, and if you like episodes like this once in a while, don't be afraid to let us know your thoughts and opinions and indeed your thoughts and opinions on the case itself because we're always looking to talk about this kind of stuff. Definitely, yeah. That brings us to this week's strange and unusual death. Ah! Okie dokie, I'm ready. In light of our very recent King Tut episode, which if you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it after this. If you have listened to it, you should listen to it again after this. Yeah, because it's one of my favorite topics. So it was wonderful. Just... What a blast. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, you didn't. You're good. <laughs> okay. We're taking it all the way back to 3200 BC with Manes. Now, he was an Egyptian pharaoh, and he unified Upper and Lower Egypt. He was doing very well for himself until one day he was carried off and killed by a hippopotamus. And that was the end of that. Rest we thought we'd keep it short, sweet, and to the point, since we've already blabbered on about abusive YouTube families. Yeah. Right. And you know <laughs> what? It's really hard to find a lighthearted death to talk about. Yeah, but you know what? No one suspects a hippopotamus to just drag you off. But so, you should. I mean, I wouldn't. Anyway. You should. <laughs> you're, you're you're never like 100% sure there isn't a hippopotamus waiting to get you. It is true. And they are quite aggressive beasts, I have heard. <laughs> this is very true. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening this week. Once again, we are doing a live show on December 9th in Edmonton, Alberta. Stay tuned for more information about tickets we are so freaking excited oh my god yes we will for sure be getting you guys some more details within the next episode or so and keep your eyes peeled for social media because we'll be posting it there first hell yeah all right thank you all so much for listening this has been the grim curriculum extra, extra credit, credit.